0: The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.
1: This is
0: Pure Pelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Boy, oh boy, you could cut the tension with a knife, couldn't you? Happy Monday. Welcome back from the weekend. Uh, Those of you who hung out after the Glenn Beck program, thank you. Appreciate you sticking around. This is Pure Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. My name is Michael Pelka. I am normally here Monday through Friday from noon, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern, and then Saturday mornings from 6 to 9 a.m. And I appreciate each and every one of you for joining the show. And I appreciate you for jumping in and being a part of everything we cover and talk about each and every day on this show. If you were here Saturday and you were here early, perhaps you caught a little bit or all of my interview with Breitbart's London editor-in-chief, Rahim Kassam. He is... uh, an author of the book No-Go Zones, which we talked about last week, but he's also, as I said, with Breitbart. And being that Stephen Bannon had just been booted from the White House and had announced he was headed back, headed back to his position as executive chairman of Breitbart and that he had, quote, all of his hands back on his weapons. I wanted to talk about that. So uh, we did talk, and we had some very interesting conversations. Uh, And inside that interview, there were some things I I was kind of startled about. So we will replay some of that. Also, on the road this morning, I have a friend from my New York radio days who lives in Texas and now does a lot of work with the Red Cross out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and he and his wife are driving to Jefferson City, Missouri, towards totality. So we will try and get you an update from the eclipse. But look, some economists have said that all of the focusing on the eclipse today is going to cost the economy $700 million. A staggering number, indeed. $700 million. You've got schools that aren't letting kid, kids outside. I heard, uh, I heard one CNN anchor early this morning saying that she's making her kids stay inside during the eclipse. And uh, I, I just can't, I can't believe that. She just wants to make sure they're, they're not blinded. They don't accidentally look up at the sun as if we haven't heard it 7,000 times in the last, the last day alone. So uh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I-, I think this is just stupid if we keep the kids inside. Instead of being prepared to show them how to watch the eclipse, and you could have done it with a box. You could have done it with a cardboard box. I go, I go way back to the time that uh, my, my childhood friend, Brian Donahue, and I created the eclipse-viewing Cardboard box situation, and I have to thank uh, Dixie, one of the regular stunt brainiacs, who actually sent me a photograph from uh, from Francis Miller from the Life Picture Collection and Getty Images. I should post this on the Twitter because it is exactly what we did in nineteen sixty three. When we had our, our science teachers had us take out boxes and punch a little hole in it, a three millimeter hole, to create a crude pinhole camera, and we could watch the eclipse. We could watch the moon slide in front of the sun from inside the box safely. Now I joked with Jeffy on Saturday that that we. Um, we were going to make, since we couldn't, the glasses, you couldn't find them anywhere, that we were going to make our own glasses by using negatives. And for those of you who are too young to remember negatives, before cell phone cameras, we used to actually have to use a camera that only took pictures. It didn't take movies. It didn't take It didn't take 360-degree images. It didn't allow you to text to anyone. It was just a camera. (laughs) And those cameras used something called film. And the film was then cut into strips. And they were negatives because they gave a negative image that was then developed into photographs. But we would stack 10 strips of, of negatives and then use them to look up at the eclipse. And we were told it was safe. I did it. Many other people in the neighborhood did it. And guess what? We all have our vision today. So uh, I don't understand parents who are, or schools who are keeping kids inside instead of using this as a, what's the phrase that we're so often, we're so often badgered with? A teachable moment for the for the uh, folks on the left who are so often screaming about science, this would be a great day to teach a little science, to teach how, how this happens and what happens as, as the sun, which is the center of our universe, our well, our solar system, as the sun is then occluded by the moon, as it slips in front. And that we have this, but we, we should be teaching instead. No, we're going to keep the kids inside. We're going to make sure nobody looks up. The mayor of New York put out points in, in how to deal with it. It's just maddening. It's making, it's, it's again an example of what a bunch of snowflakes we are. So um, I know I got off on a rant here, but we will, we will catch up with our friend Dan Halliburton next hour as he is going to be in the path of totality and uh, he'll give us a a bird's eye view. Plus, we also have Dr. Wendy Patrick. Look, if you are in the path of totality or you are going to be outside reasonably close to it and want to weigh in, the phone number is 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. And I'd, I'd love to hear from you. And, you know, I'm I'm sure some of you will call and try and prank us as Doc Thompson is expected to do But uh, I have to again. I'm I'm tweeting out a picture and a a hat tip to uh, Dixie who sent it to us uh, because it, it is exactly as I remember it in 1963 with with teachers actually using an eclipse as a as a teachable moment is a moment when we can maybe show people what science was all about. Just stupid. Come on, people. Locking, your, locking people up. Yes, we have some, some more um, updates from, from the, uh, the annals of the eclipse. I, I, think, I think it's on here. I have to see if I can play it for you. Before the show started, as we were prepping to do the show... CNN's Rick Berman had, uh, had a, a live hit from the deck of a Carnival cruise ship where Bonnie Tyler, Bonnie Tyler, yes, the, uh, the woman we know from the song Total Eclipse of the Heart. And because the words Total Eclipse are in the song, John Berman actually had to do a, about a three-minute live interview with Bonnie Tyler, of which there was very little substance involved. He in fact asked Bonnie Tyler from the deck of this Caribbean eclipse cruise, can you actually stare into a total eclipse of the heart and not ruin your vision? I kid you not, but I think probably the most bizarre moment happened less than a minute after that. What's your favorite line? Can you give us your favorite verse from the song? Um. First of all, she's a little stunned. (laughs) She's a a, a little, she looks a tad bedraggled because I I think it's, I think she's not used to being up in the mornings. You know, when you're a, a club singer, you've been out singing forever and ever and ever. The early morning is not a good time, but Bonnie Tyler, God bless her, played along.
3: I need you more than ever. And if
4: you only hold me tight
2: We'll be holding
4: on forever
2: (laughs) Now, Rick Berman is holding up a cigarette lighter as she's singing that. And thankfully, she only gave us 30 or 15 seconds of the song because it's a nearly a nine-minute song. Look, it's a great song. I have it on my phone. But to ask... To give up how many, how many minutes of network television time today when, when we have uh, yet a fourth ship in recent months crashing, and we have sailors missing, and we have sailors dead. To spend so much time on this, I, I really do question CNN, who the hell is in charge? Who the hell is lining up things? we have big things to get to today. We will talk about Antifa. We will talk a little bit more about the eclipse. We will talk about what the president is expected to say tonight. I have a brand new uh, vital question of the day. And again, I want to give you some of the highlights from my interview this weekend with Raheem Kassim uh, from uh, Breitbart. And the, um, the Missouri state senator, the woman who openly called for the assassination of President Donald Trump and then boldly said she would not re- she would not uh, apologize for it? Well, guess what she's done today? Yeah, guess what she's done today? I will play you Maria Chappelle Nadal's bold stance against ever apologizing to President Trump and then what she said today. We'll get to that next on Puro Pelka.
0: Listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: So it was just about a week ago that a state senator in uh, Missouri, a state senator named Maria Chappelle Nadal, talked to uh, the world when she went on Facebook and said that she she hoped somebody would assassinate. President Donald Trump. No shock, uh, Maria Chappelle Nadal is a Democrat. No shock, she's, uh, she's not exactly supportive of the Trump administration. But to say as an elected official, as a state senator, that you hope the president of the United States is assassinated seems to be just a little bit over the edge, just a tad over the top. And the world caught wind of it. She deleted it, but the Internet is forever. We all screen cap things. I tweeted about it. Several people have tweeted about it. And um, she became a little bit of a, a hot topic in Missouri, in her home state. And people actually talked about the Facebook post with her. And she made a very interesting statement. Just uh, about three and a half days ago.
5: Um, It was inappropriate. I've said that three times now.
2: and apologizing for First of all, it was inappropriate. I've said that three times now. How many more times do I have to say it was inappropriate? I've said it was inappropriate. How many of you people? That's all that was missing there was you people. It was inappropriate. I've said that. Come on. Give me a break. Well, she continues and it gets stranger. Um, it was inappropriate.
5: Mm-hmm. I've said that three times now Are and you apologizing for it? no when the president apologizes for what he says i'll apologize, so but you, the go as far to say your your statement was inappropriate yes You're not apologizing apologize it for was it. inappropriate it was wrong. i put it on, posted it to my personal Facebook page and I deleted it
2: so uh I said it. It was inappropriate. she did say it was wrong, but i 'm not going to apologize until the President apologizes for what he said, because what I said and and my apology should be should be attached to what the President says. She continues
5: not apologizing no. Because at the end of the day, you still mean what you said. I don't mean that. I don't want anyone to incur harm. What I am saying is that we do not deserve to have this type of president. I refuse to support. Again, it doesn't should not matter if you're a Democrat or Republican. We're talking about discourse in America.
2: And so a woman who says we're talking about discourse in America who just said that. Just a couple days before this, she, she hoped somebody would assassinate the president. Hmm. But that was inappropriate, but she's not apologizing for it. She, if you listen to that, there's another interesting statement in the middle of that discussion about discourse in America. Listen to what she says. She's still believing I think, I'm interpreting this as her still harboring that dream that someone would assassinate the president. And I'll tell you why. See if you can pick up on it.
5: At the end of the day, you still mean what you said. I don't mean that. I don't want anyone to incur harm.
2: First of all, she says, I don't mean that. I don't want anyone to incur harm. But then listen to the next part.
5: I'm saying is that we do not deserve to have this type of president. I refuse to support,
2: again. So we do not deserve to have this type of president. So she doesn't want this type of president. She doesn't want Donald Trump as president. So she's still harboring this belief, this dream, this hope that Donald Trump will be assassinated, at least based on how I interpret it. Now, you can, you can go forward a couple days as the groundswell of opposition to Ms. Ne- Chappelle Nadal has gotten louder and louder. The noise and the calls for her to resign were met by comments from her saying, I'm not going to resign. I have no intention of resigning. The governor over the weekend said she better resign or we're going to remove her. She wasn't resigning. She was dug in. She was absolutely dug in. And then, you know, late last night, late last night, a a statement was released by the Democratic Party of Missouri. Basically calling for if if Chappelle Nadal would not apologize to the president for what she said, for her to be removed. Hmm. So. So. Unless you apologize, you're, you're going to be removed. Well, she said for the last week that she's not apologizing. Yes, it was appropriate, but I'm not apologizing. I put it on my personal Facebook page, which the whole damn world can see. Yes. Here was uh, Ms. Chappelle Nadal today.
5: President Trump, I apologize to you and your family. I made a mistake. And you know what I'm reminded of? Is that we are all human. And I'm also a child of God. I made a mistake. And I'm owning up to it. And I am not ever going to make a mistake like that again. And I have learned my lesson. My judge and my jury is my Lord Jesus Christ.
2: So she played the God card. She played the God card. Maria Chappelle Nadal. I'll bet you she keeps her job. I will bet you she keeps her job. If the Democratic Party of Missouri had a single hair on its collective butt, it would go forward with the actions because it should not have taken her this long absolutely disgusting. Apologize. She has a history of threatening cops. Now she wished for the president to be assassinated. She needs to go. I don't think that apology was sincere at all. More to do, more to cover, and of course eclipse updates. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka
4: on the Blaze Radio Network.
6: This is Pure Opelka
0: with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Yes, it is, pure Pelka. It also is uh, the home to, uh, I think I think I am the loudest proponent, the most strident supporter of Relief Factor on this channel. I know B- Brad Staggs talks about it all the time. I know Doc Thompson does. And I even think Cal takes it. Chris Cruz, you have to discount him because he's just too young. He can't be in that much pain. But uh, Doc and, and myself... And Brad Staggs, yeah, we've all got some mileage on us. And in my case, training for marathons tore up my knees and I had inflammation in my knees and my hips and my back. So in April, I started taking Relief Factor. I got the three-week quick start pack. It's under 20 bucks. It's nineteen ninety-five, Less than a dollar a day if you take it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And eight days later, I noticed a change. This mixture of all-natural botanicals and fish oil, and it comes in a, a four capsule packet. And it, like I said, it's all pre packaged, so easy to take. This mixture helps your body to naturally reduce the inflammation, which causes the irritation and the pain around the joints. And in my case, it worked great for me. I played a, a, a really active round of golf yesterday, I was also out working in the garden. And I'm running around preparing for the eclipse. And I'm running up and down the stairs because I've got cameras positioned as well. Because I want to capture it all. So uh, it's really factor. You should try it. If you've had issues with irritation and inflammation in your joints, it could be the, the best thing you've stumbled upon in years. So what are you waiting for? Pick up the phone right now and give them a call 800-500-8384 800 500 or go to relieffactor.com and get the details 100% botanical natural and wild harvested fish oil no no chemicals no pharmaceuticals just all natural it's relief factor check it out as i said we're keeping an eye on the eclipse uh, it's it's not anything you really need to get crazy over there are feeds all over the internet. There are telescopes from NASA. The president and first lady are going to put on their goggles and walk out onto the balcony of the White House and take a look. And in, uh, in the middle of it, at, in, in the path of totality, our friend Dan Halliburton is going to check in with us and give us an update in about probably, I guess, in about an hour. Yeah, that should be good. There were, there were so many stories about, about the eclipse and so many strange stories about the eclipse. I think the, the one that, that hit me and said, wow, look, look at this. This is amazing. Back in 500 and something BC, two, two ancient armies in Greece were battling. At the same time, a total eclipse happened. And they thought it was a a word, a message from the heavens, a sign, a sign to say, drop your arms and stop fighting. So, yeah, it happened. A lot of people take it to mean different things. I, I just think it's a celestial event. So let's not get crazy. Now, the South Carolina Emergency Management Division, yes, South Carolina a state where the where the eclipse will hit in totality. South Carolina Emergency Management Division uh, has a apparently a very dry, tongue in cheek sense of humor. They put out a um, a warning to residents to be on the lookout for paranormal activity. Specifically, look out for lizard man. I'm not kidding. The the legend of lizard man goes way back to the 1980s, but uh, apparently two years ago there was a lizard man sighting, when a bunch of sketchy pictures and video that looked like somebody in a lizard costume showed up on social media. And you know, once it happens, it's going to be out there forever. So, uh, the the paranormal. Pranksters in South Carolina have people looking out for Lizard Man. I would hope we would see Lizard Man, please, please, people of South Carolina, please tell me that anyone who catches a uh, picture of Lizard Man will post it back to the Blaze. If you want to see a photo of it, there are pictures of Lizard Man. I, I should, uh, I should send a few of them to you. Uh, this is this is the stuff I want. I I don't think there's going to be a rapture. I don't think the the world is going to end. I don't think we're going to have anything other than maybe the occasional dummy looking up at the sun and getting their their eyes fried. But I think we're going to have a whole bunch of people learning about how the solar system works. And what a what a great thing that would be. But lizard man, no. Don't think it's uh don't think it's real, but if someone's got a good costume, I, I sure hope to hell we get a lot of pictures of it. All right, got to get to a couple of important things today. We do have tensions back in uh, the North Korean area, as Kim Jong-un is tense because we are involved with South Korea in our annual military exercises. And then comes the news that we had this, this tragic another crash Another, another naval ship, this is the fourth this year that's been involved in a, in a crash. The USS John McCain, a destroyer, hit an oil tanker, had a collision with an oil tanker in the South, Chi- South China Sea. And um, it's, uh, it's during a freedom of navigation operations exercise where we secure trade routes from China. Now, the, the guided missile carrier and the collision, they reported five, five of the sailors injured and they were helicoptered out, not life-threatening injuries, but uh, there are 10 sailors missing. And I think, honestly, the lives of 10 sailors takes precedent over some of the other silliness being reported, having Bonnie Tyler singing on CNN and asking her if you can go blind Staring into the total eclipse of the heart. So if you have a moment today, maybe take a, take a couple of moments and say a prayer for the, the families and those 10, 10 missing sailors. I was up early this morning hearing the stories of this collision and also hearing that, that daylight was going away rapidly. It's nighttime now so the search is probably suspended i'll if we get an update we'll we'll keep monitoring this to see if there's a, an update on this uh just now the navy has ordered a one day pause in naval operations to do a review because look at since january we've had four ships involved in either grounding or collisions and based on everything we we know about our military and our technology, which should be the best in the world, none of this should happen. None of this. And speaking of our technology, did anybody happen to catch 60 Minutes last night? Anybody happen to see the story on the the tiny drones that we are using that are communicating with each other? They showed one of the most impressive things that our, our military is working on. And these are miniature drones that you could basically hold in your hand. They are battery-powered. I'm sure they're working on the solar power versions of them. But they are battery-powered. But the interesting thing, they are capable of communicating with each other and flying in formations. At one time, at the end of the story, which went on for a little bit, they showed 100 of these tiny drones flying together in formation, communicating to each other instantly, basically getting from point A to point B. They're used in tracking, say, suspects, Al-Qaeda-type suspects, ISIS-type suspects, in places that you would not normally be able to go without getting a lot of attention. But a hundred of these drones flying together, talking to each other. And they also showed a... um, A drone robot on the ground and a a drone, flying drone, they were able to track people using facial recognition and um, basically help us find bad guys without sending human assets into the line of fire. Then I began thinking, if this is what the government is showing us, can you imagine the technology that they're almost ready to show us that they they haven't revealed yet? Yeah. I, I, I stopped for a second and said, God bless the United States military. God bless the men and women of the U.S. military who are obviously, obviously on the cutting edge of warfare, which I believe is a big deterrent. And I hope we never have to use it. But I just thought... Uh, an amazing story more on all of that technology Uh, we need to talk about the president his speech tonight Uh, we didn't get to Powerball and mega millions which uh, nobody won the big Powerball on Saturday hence my appearance here today there's a vital question of the day coming up and um, 2018 we're really just around the corner from 2018 The Democrats think they have a gigantic chance not just to take back the House, but also to get control of the Senate. There's some important news on that and why conservatives should feel maybe pretty comfortable. we'll get to that around the corner on Pure Opelka.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: On the Radio You know, I, I really I really don't think there's enough coverage on the eclipse. Just saying. If you want to share any information today, triple eight nine hundred three three nine three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. I I have to decide whether this next story is Schadenfreude. Or is it um, just wonderful irony? Or perhaps a combination of both? We have for years been talking about the problems with our southern border and the number of people flooding the border coming into this country illegally. Yes, they might be fleeing bad situations at home. But we don't have the resources and the ability to really take care of everybody the way people think. I know everybody says, well, we are the greatest country in the world. That we are. But we we just can't bring people in illegally without vetting them and and say that that's fair to people who have waited for years and gone through the system that the government, which was put in place by the people we elected— that the laws that are there can just be violated because people want to break the law. Last month or last week, there was a story that people were freaking out about President Trump and President Trump's tough talk about many different subjects about people who are here illegally. And we were learning that people were starting to not go back to Mexico or not cut back across the border to Mexico, but instead we're going to Canada in search of asylum. Interesting. Now, uh, Canada, in the first two weeks of August, has reported more than 3,800 people walked over the border into that province, into Quebec, Wanting asylum, wanting citizenship, wanting refugee status. That compares to under 3,000 for the entire month of July. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, the cute one, has a message that he is uh, sending to all those crossing illegally. Wait, how dare they call that illegally? Trudeau said, quote, if I could directly speak to the people seeking asylum, I'd like to remind them there's no advantage. Our rules, our principles and our laws apply to everyone. Anybody else grinning like I am? Anyone else here grinning because the Canadian prime minister. The prime minister in training, as I like to call him. Justin Trudeau, the cute one, is now having to deal with the real problems of having people swarm the borders and coming into the the country. They say it's an unprecedented flow of asylum seekers that are are swarming the security checks and the borders. No special status afforded these people. The government's going to have to deal with it. Gee, A little dose of reality for our friends in Canada. I'm sorry, Canada, but this is schadenfreude and irony. You call us out for wanting to have our laws followed, and now you're having to deal with the same reality? Yeah, it is kind of fun, isn't it? It's fun to watch. Gonna step aside next hour. If you missed it on Saturday, we'll give you a little bit of uh, what we heard from Breitbart, editor out of London. On what Steve Bannon's plans may be for some of the people in the White House. Come on back.
0: Pure Opelka
2: with Mike Opelka
4: on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: is Pure Opelka. With Michael Pelka. Only on the Blaze Radio
3: Network.
2: Okay, happy, happy, happy Monday to you all. Eclipse Monday. By the way, let's make a date and do this all over again in seven years. <laughs> I love, I love the people who are just slamming. CNN, the way I was doing this morning, because CNN was saying it's the eclipse of the century. When seven years from now, there's going to be another one and it's going to go right through New York City. And you want to bet that all of New York is out in Times Square and lawn chairs looking up at the sun. So seven years from now, people, let's all let's all just chill seven years from now. If you miss it today, if you had to if you had to actually go to work today and do your job like some of us. Oh, boy. Bonnie Tyler is trending on Twitter. Bonnie Tyler trending on Twitter. I think that's the first time that's happened since Twitter has been around. (laughs) Well, good for her. I hope she makes some money off it. She's already on that cruise. Mark in Maryland is on the phone. Mark, you know, I'm I'm not going to give up too much time to... The eclipse. Unless we're making fun of it or having fun with it, but I'm I'm hoping you, sir, can add to the uh, the levity here today.
1: Okay. Now, you know that uh, Krispy Kreme Donuts has announced they're making a special glazed donut for the eclipse.
2: Yes, we have talked well, you- about it on this very program. It is one of the one of the uh, more important things I think is happening with the eclipse.
1: Well, you take yourself, uh, you cook up some hamburgers, Mm -hmm. just the way you like them, and then you take the Krispy Kreme donut, and you kind of throw them in the freezer for about, oh, 20 minutes, take them out. Then you take a bread knife, cut across the, the, uh, the, the donut, and that way you could open it up like a sandwich. And you put the burger on with some cheese, maybe... Make it cream cheese, since that's what the moon is made out of. And uh, also, you could, if you say, "Well, I don't want a burger," well, hey, make it make it a Reuben, uh, make it a chicken like a Chick Fil A.
2: Sure, uh, make, but you're saying use you want. You're saying use Krispy Kreme donuts to make yourself an Eclipse sandwich today. That's
1: right. Then make yourself an Eclipse sandwich. The way it should be made, and it's spelt S A M Itch.
2: S A M Itch. <laughs> I got it. Right. Thank, thank you, Mark. Enjoy. Yeah, Do right. not look directly at the sun, because you you know we've already affected your brain here at the blaze. We don't need you to to damage your eyes either. Thank you, my friend. Boy, a lot going on today. A lot going on. And I'm seeing some of you are actually. Uh, tweeting out uh, Eclipse Songs. Fred in Brooklyn said, There goes the sun. Dootin' doo-doo. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I I don't even know if I should go with this. The the, the hashtag Eclipse Songs. Uh, Lizette in blue wrote, Burn baby burn, retina inferno. Uh, view from my office tweeted with the hashtag Eclipse Songs. Mama said, "Block you out." <laughs> Not bad. Uh, Donna tweeted, "My Corona." I get it. I see what you're doing there. You're all making eclipse connections. Oh, boy. I know. Let's. If you want to use it, go ahead, and we'll we'll repeat some of the best that we find. Uh, you can you can go on the Twitter and use the hashtag Eclipse songs and maybe you'll come up with better or worse. Uh, I certainly I certainly am far away from uh, the Eclipse today. We had plans to maybe be in uh, Nashville, but because of scheduling, uh, nothing could happen. We're going to get about 76% of it here at the constitutionally protected free speech bunker in the woods of Arden, Delaware. And I may set up a a Facebook Live or a uh, Periscope camera to cover it here, just so you might be able to see what happens. Uh, It's actually pretty sunny out, so we were worried earlier. It was cloudy where we are. And uh, we do have a friend who is in Missouri, and at the bottom of the hour should be able to give us a little bit of an update. Uh, Right now, Oregon... Did I get that right, Oregon? Oregon is uh, having its uh, first total eclipse images that are coming up all over. I think NASA's got cameras up. Everybody's got cameras up, so you can check it out. Now, the president's going to speak tonight. The president's going to uh, have a special address tonight at 9 o'clock, and I wonder if that was done to mess with Paul Ryan because CNN had scheduled this town hall with Paul Ryan And then I noticed, wait, wait a second. The president's actually going to give a national address at nine o'clock tonight. And uh, we anticipate it's going to be about how we are handling military action in Afghanistan. But, you know, the president last last week when we had the press conference, it was supposed to be about uh, trade, and it totally went off the rails. So anything could happen tonight. I, I don't think this is a press event. I think this is a, um, an, a uh, an event where the president's actually going to uh, share some of his opinions and then not take questions. Now, uh, over the weekend, we had a, a rather interesting experience. Saturday morning, I spoke with Raheem Kassam of Breitbart London. He's the editor-in-chief of Breitbart London. And Raheem talked with me about Stephen Bannon. And I asked him when I heard Bannon was going back to uh, Breitbart, executive chairman, I said, well, you know, did he ever really leave? Can you ever really sever ties? Is it unfair to assume that he was still in touch and still giving his opinion on Breitbart?
6: Yeah, I, I mean, he did leave. I mean, it was slightly different than somebody moving to a different, uh, you know, different journalism job. It was it was moving into the White House. And, of course, there were restrictions and there were people who were very, you know, who were scrutinizing very carefully what he was doing, who he was talking to, what his business interests were. Um, and, you know, maybe maybe everybody in the left-wing media was, was looking at him, was looking at Gorka. So, you know, it's... it's, it's it would not be fair to say that he severed all ties with everyone but but with the company with its management with you know commentary on on how it's run uh, which is basically you know what the, his job was uh, he had no input on that i mean i saw him several times and he didn't even bring the company up um, didn't even bring the, didn't even bring my reporting up which maybe maybe says more about my reporting than anything else <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but 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 no he he t- you know to be fair he did he did what he was supposed to do um, and that is it's not uh, you know not have anything to do with the business
2: okay so yeah fair enough and that's a you know it's a it's it's a question that I felt compelled to ask because you wonder uh, when, when you are in an operation like like Breitbart like the blaze like any of these small journalism outlets that churn and and really do mm. work closely it's hard to separate yourself but I fully understand and respect what you're saying on that and if he's out and well, back. I mean,
6: it's the it's the mindset, isn't it? You can check out, but you can never really leave. Um, sure, you know, I'm sure I'm sure he would have been thinking all day, every day, whenever he was checking the Breitbart site. I would have done it this way, or I would have done it that way. You know, I remember when I was working at UKIP uh, one day, going over to the uh, to the Breitbart offices um, and just knocked on the door and said, "Why are you covering this story like this? Why aren't you covering <laughs> it like that?" And my old my old staff said to me, "I, I don't think we care what you think."
2: <laughs> well. Uh, you're very accurate and fair point on that. So when when uh, Stephen Bannon now says, I finally got all of my weapons back in my hands, I assume mm. he means Breitbart. He assume, he means radio. I, I assume he'll mm. be back at Sirius XM. And when he says, I'm not going to attack the president, but I'm going to support uh, the mission. Mm. Uh, I think we should take him at his word.
6: Well, I, he, he's rarely ever somebody that says something that that, that is a, a misdirection or that he doesn't mean. Uh, I think I think it's accurate to say that President Trump's inclination is towards the Steve Bannon school of thinking. Uh, this goes back decades before they even knew each other. You only have to look at, at Trump's interviews from from decades ago where he's talking about the talking about economic nationalism he's talking about the bad trade deals that america is signing um and and so i think i think the two dovetail on that quite naturally and effortlessly um but i also think that the president trump has surrounded himself now with with people that that are not helpful to that message they're not helpful to the base policies they're not helpful in in terms of getting you know major legislative items checked off i don't think there have been any yet Um, and so, so when, when Bannon says, you know, I've got my hands back on my weapons, when Joel Pollock tweets hashtag war, you know, when all this sort of, this sort of, it's playful aggression, but it's aggression, uh, comes out, it's us saying, well, hold on. We are, we know who around the president is a problem, and we're going to let the world know too. And, and that, we started that, don't forget, right in the beginning, in January, when the wrong people started coming in the you know breitbart.com was the first place to sound the alarm on some of these people and we're just going to keep keep doing that and keep letting people know who's acting against the interests that got president trump elected
2: well as the editor-in-chief of breitbart london and obviously you're going to be in direct communication with steve bannon uh can you name names of who who are those people that are currently so close to the president but so far off what you and uh Mr. Bannon and and the president consider the main mission?
6: Sure. I mean, at the moment, um, the big names are, are ones you'll probably know of. Uh, Gary Cohn, Jared Kushner, Dina Powell, um, uh, uh, H.R. McMaster. I mean, the, all the big slots at the moment uh, are filled with people who have more of a more of a sort of neoliberal mindset than, a, than an economic nationalist mindset these are people who would have been more comfortable in the george w bush administration and and not you know i'm not trying to to, to slag off the george w bush administration but but it had its time and and we elected something different this time we rather you did i just watched um <laughs> you elected something different this time and so and so it's it's it, it, it makes it makes people feel very upset, very sad when to think that that whiteboard of of potential achievements and achievements that Steve Bannon had up in his office in the West Wing is now in in the back of a removals van somewhere. They want that whiteboard. They like that whiteboard.
2: Well, I I wonder if the whiteboard has been capped. I was. It's so funny you brought that up, because there was that photo of the whiteboard that showed all of the uh, goals, the targets that that Mr. Bannon wanted to accomplish and I was the minute I heard that he was out I was wondering did someone erase the whiteboard or are they keeping it because I would advise him to keep it I think it's I think it's always good to have the person who was your senior advisor to have their notes and to look and see well was there something in here we missed you may have split from him but you obviously liked what he was doing to hire him so you wouldn't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater as it as it is now ab- about this crew that you named there have been folks who've labeled them globalists is that mm. a, a fair term to look at at uh cone and mnuchin and and mcmaster and kushner and say these are yeah. globalists and and that's why they're in the uh in the dark corner
6: i i think that's probably right i mean i think globalist centrist um, in some cases, I think even closet Democrats, um, or not so closeted, given given Jared Kushner's donation history. But you know, uh, the media is trying to portray that the, the the use of the word globalist is somehow this anti-Semitic trope. Now, you know, of course, everything hmm. at some point delves into into bizarro world with these people um because because gary Cohn is jewish so apparently globalist now is, is anti-semitic and i say to them well you know your allegation that only jews can be globalists is the deeply anti-semitic thing <laughs> um you know it, it's it's, a, it's it's nonsense you know globalist is one word for it you know uh, uh centrist is another uh, there is there is a there is a problem in there now, and, and Steve Banner gave this interview to the Weekly Standard yesterday, where he said, you know, the, 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 we will continue to support um, the efforts of President Trump. But the Trump presidency that, that you elected in November is over right now. That doesn't, There's nobody in there right now carrying the torch for that. There's nobody in there with a policy purview. That is that is carrying that torch, and and that made me that made that made me a little bit upset, if I'm honest with you. Um, but it's about fighting to get that back now. And yes, I'm afraid. While you don't expect someone like Jared Kushner to ever lose the ear of the president, you can expect to to have. The people like Gary Cohns and the Dina Powells, you know, they can wait their turn till they get their next, uh, till they ne- get their next Bush. Um, these are people that would have been in there, by the way, if Jeff Bush had been in there, no doubt. Um, so they can, they can wait. It's, it's, I'm going to be very clear about this. It's our turn.
2: It's our turn. That was from a Saturday morning interview I held with Raheem Kassam. Raheem is the editor-in-chief at Breitbart London. It's our turn. Does it sound like Steve Bannon and Breitbart are not exactly supportive of the close crew of economic advisors and including Jared Kushner in there? It sure sounded like that to me. Watch this story. Watch this story very closely. We'll be right back.
0: Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka Friday on this show. If you were here, then you know I ordered my air filters, my heating filters, from our new sponsor, FilterBuy. I went online on FilterBuy.com. And I entered in the, the uh, sizes of the filters, because we need three different filters here. For uh, There's a little cottage that we have that we rent, and there's a house, and then there's the house we live in. And they all need filters, just like your home needs filters to keep the air clean, but also to keep the equipment running efficiently. Just like your business needs filters, and they're all different sizes. And I did it online. I actually did it during the show. And today, the box came. So order it Friday, get it Monday. Shipping was free. The price was right. As a matter of fact, I saved a little money because we're setting up on automated delivery. It's filterbuy.com. American-made filters for your heating and air conditioning units. Just go to filterbuy.com. You don't have to crawl around the grocery or the hardware stores anymore. You don't have to look around for that magic number in the back where other people have moved all the filters around. You can do it from your computer, schedule it. If you're a business owner and you know you need a bunch, you can order a year's worth. You can get a truckload or one, any size, no matter how weird or how outdated, at the best price shipped to you for free within 24 hours. It's a no-brainer. Go to FilterBuy.com. Cleaner air, lower utility bills. Your systems will last longer. It's the fastest way to get it done. And I thank you, FilterBuy. FilterBuy.com. Check it out. I got mine. Didn't have to go anywhere. When we get back, we're going to check in on uh, the eclipse with my buddy Dan Halliburton is out and about somewhere. I think he's in Missouri somewhere. He was a a man who, he's not afraid to go towards anything. Dan does a lot with the Red Cross, seeing a lot of uh, disasters, but he and his wife are out kind of checking things out today. So we'll get a a live update from the middle of the country, as we're still about an hour away here in the Delaware, but uh, we'll see what's going on in Missouri. And uh, we'll also get into some of the other news of the day, because yes, believe it or not, there is news of the day. Uh, did you know, did you know that uh, the people in Guam, they're now using uh, Tylenol to solve their snake problem? Seriously. Dead mice, Tylenol, solving the brown snake problem in Guam. It's, it's one of the weirdest stories ever. We'll share it just around the corner. An eclipse update from the middle of the country next on Puro Pelkin. Welcome back to Pure Opelka on this uh, Eclipse Monday. We're also covering all the other news out there. Of course, we're keeping our eye on North Korea and their saber rattling and whether or not they're going to try and cause trouble this week as our joint military exercises go on, as they do every year with uh, our friends in South Korea. We're also uh, preparing for the president's address tonight at nine o'clock Eastern, It's supposed to be about what's going on in Afghanistan, and uh, we're trying to monitor any news we might get, although it's after dark now in the uh, China Sea as the USS John S. McCain was involved in a collision and 10 sailors reported missing. So keep your prayers active for the families of those sailors and the sailors themselves. Uh, But we have been covering whatever's going on with this eclipse today it's going to reach here into the, the First Amendment bunker, the free speech bunker in Delaware in about an hour. But right now, a, an old friend, a guy who actually singled me out a long time ago and said, you know, you need to be not just producing radio, but you need to be talking on the radio, and gave me a shot uh, a long, long time ago in New York City. And so uh, we stayed in touch. He's a guy who does great work with uh, the Red Cross and is is one of the helpers. You know, Mr. Rogers used to say, when when trouble happens, look for the helpers. Well, people like Dan Halliburton is one of the helpers, done a lot of great things with the Red Cross and always seems to be stepping into an emergency. One of the people running towards it instead of running away from it. But Dan's, Dan's out and about today uh, in the middle of the country in Missouri, headed towards the, uh, I think, towards totality. Dan, it's been a long time, but I'm real happy you're here today. How are you?
3: Thank you, Mike. It's so great to hear your voice, and, and thanks, thanks for the kind words. And uh, hey, it's a lot of fun to be out here today, be a part of uh, a little piece of history.
2: Yeah, you're you are usually, uh, as I said, running towards um, emergencies and dealing with people who are having bad days, but today you're, you're running towards history. Are you on the site already? We are. We've uh,
3: been driving uh, all morning. Uh, we're from Dallas up to Tulsa for overnight, and then now in Jefferson City, Missouri, the capital. And uh, we're actually at the uh, airport, at the municipal, municipal airport. That's hard for me to say. And uh, people are set up everywhere. As we drove in on the highway in uh, there are people with umbrellas and chairs and they're they're parked out along the highway not on the highway but off on side streets along the highway like it was a parade was going to go by and today the parade is in the sky and uh, we're about halfway through the partial and uh, we are in the path of totality so I'm going to look forward to experiencing my first time maybe last time ever of uh, being in that moment people say it's very special.
2: Well, Dan, um, you know, you say first time and maybe last time. Uh, you're in Dallas most times. In, in seven years, it's going to come right through Dallas. You are going to be in the path of totality in uh, 2024. So don't check out on me yet, man. I, we... No, that's great news. I didn't even know that. So, uh, uh, you come to Dallas and we'll see it together. I think I think we need to make plans. I got to talk to Beck and tell him we need to get on the roof and cover, do the shows live. Although it'd be like being being in a broiler to be on the roof of that building in Dallas. So um, it, it you're i'm not going to hold you up too much because i want you to get set up what do you have set up to observe it do you have just the glasses do you have welders glasses what have you got well we
3: yeah i bought bought glasses i bought them from the approved two different sources because i didn't want to miss out and then i've got pretty simple stuff i've got a i've got a dslr with a special film on the wind so i'll get a I'll get it, just an average shot. I keep telling people, you, don't want a, you want a great picture? It'll be in your living room on your television set. Because <laughs> NASA's going to fly high-altitude high aircraft to watch it. So, uh, but it's fun. It's just people are sitting in long shows. We just met another couple. You know, There's that kind of feeling of sharing something fun and sharing something special. And um, it's nice to be here to be, like I said, watch a little, a little bit of history.
2: Well, it's it's very great uh, that you're out there, and we appreciate uh, you. I, we appreciate you sharing time with us, and Christy giving you time away from the two of you enjoying this together. So, uh, Dan Halliburton, thank you uh, for doing what you do uh, every day to help people in distress, but also thanks for joining us today.
3: Thank you, Mike, and uh, keep up the good work, and uh, keep everybody on the on the straight and narrow, right?
2: Well, it's not easy. And and you know me, I have a history of falling off the rails myself. So I got to start with my own self first. But (laughs) we'll try, Dan. We'll try. All right. Keep him him on. We'll see you. He's one of the good guys. And you know what? Uh, I love uh, giving a little plug to the the men and women of the Red Cross uh, because they are people who run absolutely towards danger, who run absolutely towards disaster, who run straight at a problem when it happens, and and Dan Halliburton is one of those people. And you know what? I think I'm supposed to go to Dallas in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to surprise him. Going to surprise him. I mentioned, I mentioned the story of the um, of Guam and the problem that Guam has with brown snakes. These are these are snakes that are so crazy. These are snakes that can that have devastated the bird population in Guam. People say that if you ever go to Guam, one of the things you notice is the complete lack of birds. And it's all based on a tree snake. This brown tree snake. This thing is everywhere. They say there are 12 brown tree snakes for every person In Guam. Now think about that. If there were 12 rattlesnakes or 12 water moccasins for every human in America, that's that's almost 1.3 billion snakes. In Guam, 12 snakes per person. And these brown tree snakes are truly devastating. What, they're capable of standing on their tail and climbing up into a tree and then eating the eggs of birds. This is why there are no birds in Guam. And to, to explain to you how terrified and how terrifying the effects of these tree snakes are, the airports hire people to check the wheels and the cargo spaces of every plane leaving Guam, especially planes headed towards Hawaii, because they're worried if even a couple of those tree snakes get out and start breeding in Hawaii, that soon Hawaii will have the same problem Guam has. So there's actually a brown tree snake search crew that has to go over every plane that leaves Guam. It's kind of amazing, isn't it? Kind of frightening. Well, they did find out that you can actually kill the tree snake by poisoning it. The tree snake has adapted. It eats not only birds, but it, it will also eat mice. As a matter of fact, it loves mice. So the government of Guam has been dropping dead mice, which have loads up, loaded up with Tylenol, because they discovered that Tylenol will kill the brown tree snakes. Just think about it. They've been going after these tree snakes for decades now. They've been trying to get rid of these tree snakes. They've tried to cull the herds. They, they've been unable to do uh, what any, any other, other, well, there's no predator. So the brown tree snake's able to survive. They've been unable to kill it, to get ahead of it. But apparently Tylenol inside of a dead mouse kills the tree snake. Just a really bizarre story and I had to share it with you. So if you if you ever land on the ground, if your plane ever lands in Guam, get off the plane and see if you can listen and hear a bird. You won't. They say it's an eerie silence. It's a very eerie silence. I'm gonna step aside. When we get back, it was about a year and a half ago, I made a video showing just how dangerous and unprotected the government rail system, Amtrak, was. How the rail system, specifically the Acela that runs from D.C. to Boston, the Northeast Corridor, how unguarded and unprotected it was. Well, a year and a half later, al-qaeda may have been scanning the blaze and watching the videos that we created because in fact al-qaeda and the terrorists have now officially targeted amtrak i'll give you details next on pure opelka
0: you're listening to pure opelka with mike opelka on the blaze radio network Pure Opelka, with Mike
2: Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. And it is Pure Opelka. Just a a little bit around the corner, we'll talk to our friend uh, Dr. Wendy Patrick about some of the politics and what's next and what to expect tonight from the president as he gives uh, an address. I loved loved the uh, general saying, well, we're not going to... uh, We're not going to (laughs) tell you. The president wants to explain, so I will stand silently. And I love that this military supports the president. I love that the leaks have stopped. Hmm. Let's see. Priebus is gone. Bannon is gone. The leaks appear to have stopped. Hey. Coincidence? I think not. Now I was talking about Amtrak before we went away on the break, and... You know, it's no secret that I am a, a regular user of Amtrak. I'm also a regular critic of Amtrak. I was trying to think of the right word without cursing. I don't like government rail. I like private industry rail. I think commercial rail works just beautifully with uh, without the help of the government or the interference of the government. So it was 45 or so years ago when commercial passenger rail, when, when private passenger rail went bankrupt, and the government swooped in under Democrats and took over control of, of all the rail systems for passengers and created a government rail system called Amtrak. Amtrak operates 40 plus lines around the country. None of them make money. Amtrak loses money on every beer it sells. Amtrak is a giant suck hole of money. Your money and my money. But it's also needed to get people around, especially in the Northeast corridor where people go from D.C. all the way up to Boston. And they use either the regular route or the high-speed overpriced Acela. And now, as a guy who's ridden the trains, both the regular and the Acela, I always marvel at the fact that you can get on a train in New York or in Delaware and many places in between and never have to show a ticket or have your baggage checked. I made a video showing that I could get on a train in Wilmington, Delaware and not have a single person check my ticket sometimes for an hour. And that disturbed me. I talked to security experts like our own Buck Sexton. Buck, who was a a member of uh, the agency and also worked on the NYPD terror squad, and I talked to Buck about, you know, what if somebody carried an explosive device on a train? They don't check bags. They don't screen the bags. And Buck said, well, you know, if you're going over a bridge outside of Philly that's over water and that device exploded, not only would you kill a couple hundred people who were on the train, but you would cripple Commuter traffic in the Northeast Corridor for months on end. Fast forward to today and Mark Thiessen's post opinion in the Washington Post and the New York Post today. Terrorists next DIY attacks target U.S. commuter trains. And he's talking about the um, the Al-Qaeda issue, the new issue of Inspire, the Al-Qaeda terror magazine, which talks about derailing passenger trains in America, specifically mentioning Amtrak's Acela line, and talking about how uh, you can create enough force to shove the train into man-made structures like buildings and bridges, or make the train fall from a very high place. Gee... Do you think Al-Qaeda was paying attention to the video that we put together at The Blaze just over a year ago? I predicted then that Homeland Security-like precautions would be coming soon to a train station near you. I even asked Governor Cuomo in New York at a press conference if, if they were going to be doing something to tighten up security at Penn Station, and he did talk about it was a priority. Well, it's over a year since that press conference, and I can tell you nothing's been done. I can absolutely walk on a train in New York City without having a ticket or a bag checked virtually any time of day or night, and the ticket won't be checked, sometimes until we're halfway to Newark, New Jersey. Sometimes all the way to Philadelphia. We need to be smarter. The attacks like we saw in Barcelona are not slowing down. As a matter of fact, they're speeding up. We need to be smarter and safer. When we get back, we'll talk politics with Dr. Wendy Patrick. Just around the corner next on Puro Pelka. Come on back.
0: Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Yeah. This is Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka only on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Well, 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 here we are at the start of the third hour of Piero Pelka on this Eclipse Madness Monday. And uh, Missouri getting the total eclipse as we speak. Our friend uh, Dan Halliburton, who was there in Missouri, getting the total eclipse. Now, if you missed it all, if you actually went to work today or if you were doing your radio show and were indoors today, And you missed it. It might be a good idea for you to go to um, the Science Channel tonight. Because at 9 o'clock, they're actually going to have a a program about the great American eclipse. So you'll be able to see it now. I, I I was hollering at CNN earlier this morning because I still think it's silly that they're calling it the eclipse of the century. When in fact, seven years from now, we're gonna have another one just like this one. And as a matter of fact, it's probably gonna get more attention because it's gonna rip through New York City, right through uh, the center of the most populated part of the country. And then it's gonna actually arc through Dallas. So, uh, Dallas, uh, pay attention, it's important. But, uh, all, of course, all the news networks are covering this, despite the fact that the world's on fire. Uh, we have uh, elevated tensions again between North Korea and the Western world. As Kim Jong-un is not happy, we're doing military exercises. We have 10 sailors missing off the USS John McCain and... Uh, gosh when the sun went down in that part of the world they abandoned the searches so say a prayer for those people uh we we have to figure out why the hell our ships are running into each other or running aground so uh i i just want to i just want to make sure we're all paying attention to the important news of the day and uh we're we're due to get Dr. Wendy Patrick on the horn here any second now uh Dallas you can whisper in my ear when you have Dr. Doc- oh, we have Dr. Wendy. Good. I, I guess we were all blinded by the eclipse, Wendy. I'm sure we, we made the mistake of not calling you, but uh, happy Monday. Are, what part <laughs> of the world are you in today? I never know where you are.
4: I know. I would say the same thing for you. I'm actually in San Diego, and we did have a big eclipse party uh, right outside the courthouse with glasses, but we did not see anything <laughs> holding a candle to what you are going to see.
2: Well, I hope so. You know, it's getting ready here in about the next half hour we're going to get something. Ah. But um I I'm going to uh I'm going to tell everybody the the best pictures where you don't have to worry about glasses or any of that stuff. TV and and the um the NASA website has incredible stuff. So, yeah, we're watching wonderful. this. Now, Wendy, and it is our friend Dr. Wendy Patrick, wendypatrickphd.com is where you find out more about her. Wendy do you do you believe that these eclipses have anything uh, to do with either bad behavior or good behavior does anything spiritual happen during the eclipse <laughs> I am not a,
4: the slightest bit superstitious. I think anything uh, unusual that happens around the eclipse has to do with people like you and I scrambling around, getting our glasses, getting the time off of work to go look out the window. <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with the eclipse.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I am I actually I, I know somebody who has a real estate deal that is supposed to be signed today, and the the realtor called uh last week and scheduled it with my friend saying you know we we have to have a meeting and sign all the papers at 1 30 and uh, my friend went and checked and sure enough the the start of the very first tiny bit of the sliver of the eclipse in this region happens then so he was like no no i can't do that I can't do that it's going to be in the middle of the eclipse that'll be a bad sign that's bad juju I'm like are you kidding me <laughs> Or it could have just been a
4: convenient excuse to put off the meeting. I don't
2: know. <laughs> that's true. That's that's very true. But you know, we have yeah. schools. We have schools that are, aren't letting kids out. Um, I heard one CNN anchor, who I think is actually a pretty smart lady. I think it was Christina Romans, said she wasn't letting her kids go outside. And all I remember, in and now it's, it's you're too old, too young to remember this. I'm too old. 1963 our science teacher in first grade took us outside and made us make the boxes with the pinhole so we could actually see it from. Yeah. So we were, we were inside each one of us had a box on our head and we're standing out in the playground of our lady of (laughs) perpetual help. And we're watching as the thing went, the little sun got blocked out by the moon. Uh, I tweeted out a picture. Yeah. You don't remember doing that. You never did that. I well, I was not in 1963. Well, of course not. <laughs> no one's as gotta old as tell I you, Mike, am.
4: I went to Hawaii in 1991 with my family to see the full solar eclipse there, and we went out on the boat, and it was totally overcast. But we were socked in with clouds. We didn't see anything. So I hope <laughs> you have better luck today.
2: <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing because I, you know, like today. Royal Caribbean cruise has Bonnie Tyler on a boat <laughs> off the East coast and she's going to be seeing totally clips of the heart live from oh the Oh my tech. God, that's great.
4: That's great. So g- Good for <laughs> her making well a little money. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't come that often. We might as well do everything we can to celebrate.
2: Now, seven years. It's like I've been screaming at CNN all day. Seven years from now, we're going to do it again. So, seeing oh, there, I hope, but, you,
4: hope you and I are on the phone just like we are today, doing our show right about then as well. Hopefully, sure, it'll be on the Sure, why not?
2: Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? It's going to come sweeping through New York and then arc all the way down straight through Dallas. So, uh, it's on a slightly different path next time, awesome. but a good chunk of the country is going to get it. Now, there's a bunch of things to talk about. I don't know if you heard my interview earlier with. I uh, did. I listened Raheem to the whole Kasim. thing. Yeah. W- wasn't that bizarre? Yes.
4: You know, um, you really are a master interviewer, and I thought this was just the latest excellent example of really asking the very inquisitive questions that got some very interesting answers. I think this whole Bannon departure debacle has really people kind of wondering, what does it mean? What side is he on? What is he going to do? But it certainly has everybody talking, that's for sure.
2: Well, it almost sounded like Bannon and his crew have already decided that Mnuchin and Cohn and uh jared kushner are a basket of deplorables surrounding the president and that they want to get rid of him somehow i at least that's the feeling i got it's true and i think you and
4: he have some good back and forth about how we can examine who donated to who and we would be even including people like donald trump that used to be a democrat and then donated to hillary clinton you know, there's just so many different ways of guessing where he's going to go, what he's going to do, who's going to be in, the, in his crosshairs. Um, it, it's almost more interesting speculating than actually having hard news on that front to report on yet.
2: Well, I think we're going to, because now we know really what the, the feeling is, the personal feeling is on this, I think we now have um, something to watch for. Because if there is a concentrated effort on the website, on the radio show, to go after uh, Mnuchin, to go after Cohn, to go after Kushner, even though they pretty much said, or, or Raheem pretty much said, you're not, you're never going to separate the son-in-law, but that right. all it felt like they've got, um, they've got a target on the other two already, and so you know it's the Goldman Sachs connection, it's, uh, the, and they called him out saying that it had. Uh, had Jeb Bush won, the same three guys would have been in the White House, and I thought that's interesting that they've already they've already kind of laid that out there. I, I was totally fascinated by it, and it was a surprise to me that he would jump on the phone with me on Saturday morning. But you know what? I'll take him where I can get him. But thanks for the oh. thanks for the compliments on it.
4: Absolutely, and I, I think you you sell yourself short. anybody would jump on the phone with you. You've got a great show, you've got a great uh, audience. and I think that people want to hear from. they want their voices to be heard by talking to somebody like you. I think that some of the points he made are some of the same I've seen going around on the internet. and one of the issues is who's going to replace Bannon? And I I'm, you probably have your thoughts on this too. Do we need to replace Bannon uh, as a, do we need a chief strategist or does he have enough? strong voices surrounding him without Bannon or are he and Bannon going to continue to be perhaps even an even more candid contact now that no longer Bannon is muzzled now he's unleashed
2: that's a really interesting subject I I don't think uh the chief of staff is going to let another second steering wheel be put in the the White House because I always felt like Priebus Trebus and Bannon were sitting in the front seat of the car taking turns grabbing the wheel. And the, <laughs> y- you just can't do that. You, you, no... You- so no, and exactly. I think that
4: it's, it's, a, it's a great point you make about it, that they were grabbing the wheel because Trump is the one that grabbed the wheel on Tuesday during that press conference that then got hijacked by the questions about Charlottesville and what he tweeted and what he said. And you saw where that went. So, and remember, Kelly was right there. So the interesting thing about Bannon's departure is, yes, it might make it easier for Kelly to have more of an influence on Trump, but he still is not going to be in the driver's seat like we thought on our show, on your show, and many other people have speculated the same. We really thought Kelly would have more of a calming influence on Trump and that he would have more of a steering influence. You heard a lot of people talking about guardrails. Oh, well, Kelly's going to be the guardrails. Not on Tuesday. Maybe Trump's going to warm up to taking Kelly's advice. But uh, he's got to stay more on, on message, and he's going to have that opportunity tonight.
2: Well, it, and I'm glad you brought up tonight because tonight is an address. It's not a presser, so I, I think, at least I believe there's not a Q and A Q&A scheduled to happen afterwards. This is just a straight up address to the nation, is it not?
4: Yeah, but look at look at what Tuesday was. That wasn't supposed to be a presser. And, that's, yeah. and look at Saturday. My goodness, all we need to do is keep going back in increments of two. Saturday, <laughs> same thing. It was it was about infrastructure, and it then became about Charlottesville. As Monday he came out, and that's what you would probably call a hostage video. I uh, cleared up the record. And then the very next day at Trump Tower, uh, he, he, again going off message. So it's interesting that regardless of what tonight is supposed to be, what it's been billed as, I wonder whether it will veer off, as we, at the last couple of conferences have, into something totally different. He gets
2: well, shouted wonder. out
4: these, these questions. He has to answer them.
2: Well, if they if they handle it as a White House address, there will only be a pool reporter there. There won't be the gaggle. There won't be the Jim Acosta's <laughs> and the Katie Tours trying to shout questions. Right. So, uh, I think Kelly will try and engineer it so that it is just that—that that it is not uh, a free for all. But now, quickly, because exactly. I exactly. I've been yammering here. I'm sorry. Uh, the Cook Political Report put out some pretty interesting stuff today, that shows that Ooh. Pelosi's idea of taking back the House and Schumer's idea of getting control of the Senate are not just that easy, uh, but they're they're probably unlikely, especially in the case of the Senate. There are they released four new seats that they say will probably in the, in the Senate will shift from Democrat to Republican. And I think that would be devastating to the Democrats. Have, Have you seen any updated data on 2018 to say anything otherwise?
4: No, and you know, um, for some reason that page isn't coming up for me. I did want to look at that as well. Uh, no, but that is probably one of the, the main things everybody's talking about with respect to you know, everybody says palace intrigue. It's more than that. It's what you just said. It's does this, is this going to actually affect the balance of power? Um, and I know, and it's funny, the title of the the one I'm trying to open is called the Pelosi Blame Game. <laughs> it's a <laughs> political report. But yeah, it, it's not only are we talking about whether or not there's going to be a shift in power but whose fault is it uh, which may be an even more interesting question you know it can't all be donald trump's fault it can't all be the fault of the democrats but yeah you know it's we're not only talking about 2018 but we're especially within the last week we've been talking more even about 2020 with respect to the re-election campaign
2: yeah the re-election campaign and then also the closer we get to 2018 it does seem to me the less likely Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are top contenders because we're hearing Kamala Harris is going to be knocking on doors as I, in Iowa, according to the former L.A. mayor and uh, the one-time gubernatorial candidate in your state. So I, I'm just I'm seeing a changing of the guard in the Democrats, mostly because there's no message at the top. So I, right. I guess I do have to put some some uh, support behind the Cook Political Report, which is saying that it's not a sure thing for Democrats, but it certainly would be a wasted opportunity if you were to take it just at face value. How could they not make advances based on what we've seen in the first eight months of this administration? It's it's confounding to me. (laughs)
4: Yeah, I actually do have it up now, and you're right. The, it, it is not good news, um, specifically when you just look at the math. You know, there's one thing you look at momentum, but then you got to back up and look at math. And when you look at that, you're you're right. It looks like the looks like the numbers are lower than even was projected. At least given what we've been discussing on the air.
2: And I know we're still we're still a year and a couple months away, but that's a real short time in uh, in political age. So. Uh, I I got a feeling it's going to be a fun year to watch, Wendy, a whole lot of fun. I'll be watching tonight. And uh, if you want to throw me any thoughts on what you're seeing tonight, I'd love to hear it from you. Oh, you bet. Always a pleasure, Mike. My friend, Dr. Wendy Patrick, and you need to follow her on Twitter. You need to follow her online, wendypatrickphd.com. And we'll be back with uh, an update on everything after the break.
0: To Pure Opelka
2: with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, it's not exactly the highest of technology, but I put my iPhone outside on a mini tripod and I'm showing (laughs) a little bit of the eclipse on Twitter live. If you want to see it, you can take a look. Maybe maybe it'll show up for you. I'm seeing more of a reflection in the lens that has a, a little bit of... ...of the actual sun moving. So uh, you might be able to catch just a little bit of the live Delaware eclipse cam... ...as it's happening right outside of the, uh, the uh, freedom, the free speech bunker here in Delaware. Uh, very interesting discussions today as we've talked about what happens in the Trump White House... ...now that Steve Bannon is gone... Uh, we can um, maybe see some things happen this week if we pay attention. I think you're going to watch the influence of General Kelly start to take shape even more. And I, I think that's a, a very good thing. So we, we will uh, pay attention to that. I also haven't said anything about Jerry Lewis. Uh, Jerry Lewis and Dick Gregory, two, two big guys in the comedy world, passed away within 24 hours of each other. Jerry Lewis at 91, Dick Gregory at the age of 84. Dick Gregory was a guy who added uh, social activism to his, his comedy and to his resume. Dick Gregory, a guy who I knew first as a comedian and then as an activist. Jerry Lewis, uh, a guy that I knew as a comedian only until he got in trouble because some of the physical gestures... And physical characteristics of his performances were said to be um, insulting to people with muscular problems like muscular dystrophy. And Jerry Lewis decided to do something about it. And that's why the, the MDA Telethon was born. And you could say, well, gee, was he doing it to make sure his career continued? I don't think so. I think Jerry Lewis was doing it because he truly realized when he saw the people with the disability that that he could see why they would be offended. He was a guy who had a a razor sharp temper and a razor sharp wit and a guy who made a lot of people like me laugh early on. So rest in peace, King of Comedy. Rest in peace, Dick Gregory. And uh, for all of you who say celebrity deaths happen in threes, I'm keeping an eye on all my comedian friends. Be careful out there, you guys. We don't want to lose another one. It is uh, round in the corner on the eclipse here. I'm going to go out and check the camera, maybe give you a little commentary. It's on Periscope right now on Twitter, at StuntBrain, watching the eclipse as it rolls through Delaware. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka
4: on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: It's uh, a Monday eclipse Monday, and as uh, we we have proven here on this show, you can cover the eclipse and still get your job done. We have we have attached the eclipse coverage to all the news coverage of the day, including the latest news about what the president could or will be saying tonight. We anticipate this address tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern to cover what the um, National Security Council and the president's military experts have decided they're going to do in uh, in Afghanistan. There are a lot of people who expect and are anticipating that uh, we're going to see a surge of troops. But there are also people who are saying, well, what if the president just said, hey, we're getting out of here. We've done enough here and the Afghanis will never get themselves together if we don't if we don't give them the chance to grow up and take care of themselves, kind of an interesting thought, isn't it? I wonder. I wonder what's really going to happen tonight. I anticipate a surge. I think we're going to see a push to go in and make a decisive victory because I don't think we've done that yet. We talked to also about. The USSS John McCain that was involved in an accident in the South Pacific and uh, 10 sailors missing. Keep them in your prayers. There was also another American Navy ship that was um, in the news this weekend, which I think is kind of interesting. The wreckage of the USS, Indi- USS Indianapolis was found The sunken World War II cruiser was located Now this was a ship that went down and and was Led to the worst loss of life from a single ship in US naval history and, and inspired that scene in Jaws where you You probably remembered if you remember Jaws Where they're talking about trying to survive in the waters with the sharks swimming around and a bunch of guys trying to hang on to their lives. You remember the character of Quint, the sea captain who was a survivor of a maritime disaster when he talked about the very first light, the sharks came cruising. And you know, by the end of the first dawn, we lost a hundred men. I don't know how many sharks there were, maybe a thousand. I just remember that. That was one of the scariest parts of Jaws, uh, you know, all the shark attacks aside. But there were 800 of uh, the Indianapolis nearly 1,200 crew who survived the torpedoing. But when they were rescued five days later, only 316 managed to stay alive, with the rest either drowning or dying of exposure dehydration or that scene with the sharks now the research crew that was looking for the ship was actually funded by paul allen that name sound familiar he's one of the richest guys on the planet one of the microsoft co-founders who has a bazillion dollars his crew found the heavy cruiser off the coast of the Philippines, 18,000 feet below the surface of the Pacific Ocean. So you, I, I love to hear stories about this. This is this to me is what, what you would do if you had suddenly had a bazillion dollars. You would go look for mysteries like this and try and solve the mystery and maybe try and bring the Indianapolis back, back home to America to not only give the families who lost loved ones closure, but also to pay tribute to those people who died and to, to put a, a final chapter on that piece of our military history. So uh, the um, World War II ship that Paul Allen's money helped us find on the bottom of the, the ocean, 18,000 feet below. A couple other stories that I think we gotta watch this week. Uh, One of them involves, and I think it's a big story, involves uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. I think the Debbie Wasserman Schultz IT story is probably the most unreported story uh, of this year. This is the story about the IT guy who was uh, caught trying to leave the country. He was the guy who was caught trying to get the hell out of here. And, uh, and now we've got this guy locked up. He's got a four counts of, a, of an indictment. We know there was a whole bunch of money that was paid to this guy, promised to this guy. But now he's, he's held behind bars, Imran Awan. What don't we know about Imran Awan? What haven't we heard about this guy? What have they been holding back? And why was Wasserman Schultz actually trying to intimidate some of the Capitol Police security about getting his computer? There's so much to this story that we don't know. The smashed hard drives, the attempted escape, the money being sent overseas. I'm telling you, watch this story. They apparently, uh, Awan and his his helpers, other IT members, have been on the radar of investigators for months now. And it's not just about double billing, but it's about access to computer systems. And who knows who the hell these people sold the access to? Really is a disturbing story. So that, that's a big story. And I also think that the... Um, The story that we are now starting to see, a little more noise being made, a little more noise being made about the reopening of the Hillary Clinton email investigation as it relates to Benghazi. And I know there are members of of your friends who are liberals, friends of yours who are Democrats who are saying, can you stop saying the word Benghazi in Hillary's emails? Well the answer to that question is no. We are not going to stop saying the word Hillary and Benghazi and emails because the investigation has been reopened. And maybe, just maybe, we will finally get some closure. Maybe, just maybe, we will actually hear what the hell happened. And I think that's actually something that possibly this week, this week will be a big deal. So keep your eye out on three things today. Today, tonight, we obviously have the story that the president is going to tell us what he's going to do in Afghanistan and, and what the heck is, is going to be the next step in our, uh, in our actions in Afghanistan. I hope we actually get some clarity on that. Watch Debbie Wasserman Schultz, because I think she's, I think she's in a lot more trouble than she's letting on, and we're going to hear a whole lot more about how those emails were leaked and, and what was inside those emails and wasn't related to this IT guy. And then lastly, the opening, reopening of the investigation into Hillary Clinton's emails. And that's going to include her assistant, Mrs. Weiner. Yeah, we're going to see what's going on there. Oh, by the way, Weiner was supposed to be sentenced coming up in early September uh, because he's guilty, was supposed to be sentenced and uh, sent to jail. For what he did with the uh, pictures to the 15-year-old girl, uh, they've managed to put that off for a little bit. So while he's not going to get the full dispensation from the Judge Anthony Weiner sentencing coming up, I believe, early October. And that's your uh, latest on details from the loony left and how they've been avoiding the law. Eventually, those chickens will come home to roost. We'll be right back in Puro Opelka. I talk about Relief Factor all the time on this radio show, and I do so because it works, and I take it every day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And don't take my word for it, Megan in California actually tried Relief Factor and had to, sh- had to share the experience with us.
4: I've been using Relief Factor for a little bit over a month. I was a 34-year-old woman that has been in a car accident. I suffered from severe neck pain, shooting pain down my arms and legs that would often cause me to limp. At one point I was going to a chiropractor and an acupuncturist six times a week. I noticed visible improvement within two days of taking your product relief factor and it has really, truly changed my life.
2: So don't take my word for it. Don't take Megan's worth for it, word for it. Invest 20 bucks. Nineteen ninety-five is the cost of the three-week Quick Start Pack. They've sold a million of them. 80% of the people who order the Quick Start Pack order it again. What does that tell you? It takes seven to 10 days to see results in most cases. In my case, it was eight days. So if you want to try Relief Factor, you can pick up the phone... And you can call them at 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384, or go to relieffactor.com. Check it out yourself. Just got a a message that the dog won't go outside. And I noticed this morning the dog would not go outside, didn't want to go outside uh, very early. And that's usually not the case. Is there something about... The eclipse that animals react to it? Has anybody heard that? Has anyone had that experience that that there may be a, a reaction from from the animals? I I have not heard that. Now we have just passed the peak here in Delaware where the eclipse is it maxed out at eighty one percent. And, you know, the people that are in the totality part are sending all interesting notes. And I think that's very cool. I'm going to have to wait seven years now to see it. Yeah, we'll get it next time. But we got 81% this time. Next time it's going to hit uh, completely in the uh, Northeast Corridor and then sweep across the South. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Mentioned earlier um, a couple of different things. We were talking to Dr. Wendy. We were talking about this new report out of the Cook Political Report. And Charlie Cook is a a statistician with decades of experience. His numbers are pretty strong. But he's also the guy who told me that Trump was going to um, bail out of the presidential contest over the Thanksgiving holiday before the primaries even started. So he was wrong on that. But Charlie's been pretty right on a lot of things, especially when he breaks down statistics on on different races. And the, the numbers that he's showing that are giving the Democrats cause for great concern are relating to the attempts of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to reclaim both the House and the Senate. And the Senate is where I think they have the biggest problem. The Senate is where I think the, the Democrats are really, really up against it. So I'm, I'm happy to report that if, if things go as they are going today, that the Senate will not be uh, given back to the Democrats, because I think that would be the end of it. Donald Trump would never get another Supreme Court judge passed through. So 2018 is going to be a very interesting and important year. And we need to be engaged now because guess what? The Democrats are engaged already. I got a couple things I need to get to today before we get out of here. Of course, the liberty-loving Latino, Chris Salcedo, awaits in the wings. But uh, I'm always looking through history and looking for wisdom from the presidents. And sometimes I find it and sometimes I find things that anger me. But I found something from Calvin Coolidge over the weekend, and I wanted to share it with you. By the way, speaking of presidents that anger me, uh, there is a, um, there was a rest stop in New Jersey named after Woodrow Wilson, and I think I'm going to go up there and try and do a little, uh, a little lobbying to get the name changed. Coolidge said, nothing in this world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. The slogan press on has always has solved and always will solve the problems of the human race. Press on, indeed. I think we need to keep that in mind. The slogan, Press On, has solved and always will solve the problems of the human race. When it seems really tough, take one more step. Take one more step. If you're just frustrated by it all, take one more step. Eventually, persistence will push you through and you'll make a breakthrough. Just a heads up, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of this week, Yaron Brook is coming in to fill in. i got to take care of a little personal business, so I will be back on Friday. So treat Yaron kindly. It's his first foray into the three-hour radio adventure, much less three days in a row. If you haven't heard him on Sundays, he's on uh, two to four on Sundays on the Blaze Radio. Yaron Brook sitting in for me. Be nice to him, stunt brainiacs. I'll be back Friday, and he's going to give me a full report, so I will know who was naughty and who was nice. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka
0: on the Blaze Radio Network.